welcome to Relational Introvert, a podcast about the often overlooked people and leadership strengths of the quiet ones. I'm Nancy, and I look forward to sharing stories and lessons from my life, plus inviting other relational introverts to share theirs. This is very much a journey. It's a path to understanding ourselves and the diversity of people around us. So join me every Monday, and let's see where this road leads. Thanks for joining this part two of my two-part conversation with Gina Leslie. In today's episode, we chat about how Gina's introversion plays a role in her leadership, her self-care, and her ongoing discovery of her core identity. Now, whether you're an introvert, work with one, or lead one, you won't want to miss this episode. I had an interesting conversation with my brother about a month ago. Um, he's an extrovert. I'm an introvert. And, and he was saying that, you know, introverts tend to, a lot of us, because we spend so much time thinking and processing and analyzing, we tend to be the quiet ones in the public spheres um, of conversation. And you've got extroverts whether or not they're intelligent whether or not they're competent and they're all throwing all sorts of information into cyberspace and we're sitting back really quiet um and sometimes if if the introversion is coupled with a certain level of and this is particularly prevalent in women imposter syndrome then we just sit back and we don't say anything because we don't necessarily spend all the time thinking instead of putting our own opinions out there when those opinions are no less valid. Um, in some cases, they're, they're probably more thoughtfully presented. Um, there's so much to navigate in this time. There's so much access to information, and yet a lot of it is noise. In your journey from an identity piece, I am curious about the introversion. What have you uncovered about that piece of you? I'm working harder now to hone down on what quality time for myself looks like when I spend time with myself, because that's how I reset and rejuvenate. But when you're in operating in a space that's very go, 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 that's very busy, when you're navigating uh, lots of different healthcare, health challenges, um, and you have people you know, outside of, in, of family, work, et cetera, that are depending on you. When I do finally find that space and that time for myself, the struggle has been, okay, what am I going to do that's actually going to refresh me and rejuvenate me? Yes, I know I need time for myself, but what does that time need to look like so that I'm actually doing what's best for me? I have friends, some of my closest friends are extroverts. My brother, for example, who I'm very close with, with whom I'm very close, he's an extrovert. Like we're two opposite ends of the spectrum and we're always taking jabs at each other because of it. We'll go vacationing together and he's the type, we'll get on the tour bus and he introduces himself to everybody on the bus. And I'm sitting in the corner like, nobody cares, man. Sit your ass down. Like, why are you, I'm not getting up to introduce myself. That's for sure. Even, you know, a good friend of mine um, in Toronto, Eva, quality time for her and a good time for her is spending time with all of us and 
pre-drinking at her house and then going to party for four hours in downtown Toronto. And for me, that's a nightmare. I love her to death, but the granny in me needs to take a nap right before I hang out with her because I just can't handle it. It's just too much. <laughs> and then I show up to all her parties late because the introvert in me is like, this is not rejuvenating. Yeah, so this the journey... Um, for me, it's about finding out, okay, what's going to rejuvenate me, whether or not I'm, I'm with people I care about or, I, or I'm alone. What am I going to do that's actually going to help me um, recoup and feel refreshed? And that's been a challenge because binge watching something on Netflix for me, is, it doesn't do it for me. It takes a bit more thought and a bit more intentionality to really discover what that looks like. There was one day in, it was in the fall maybe, and my day was beautiful, sunny day, um, but a bit on the cooler side. And I went to mass at 11, had a great lunch because I love food, had a really good lunch, and then walked around in, um, I think it was Vanier, because they had a local artist open house or something so I was going to different houses and different art galleries and just looking at local work and then I had a call with my family at the end of the day and for me that was all of those things I found at the end of that was rejuvenating for me but if I had to say okay outside of that experience what else is going to be rejuvenating when I'm just by myself as an introvert and trying to refresh and and just hit reset that's a hard question to answer. Like I'm still discovering what that actually looks like. I don't know if it's necessarily a challenge just for introverts. I think it might be a challenge for everybody who works in the knowledge economy, who is working long hours and in those jobs where work is not just your nine to five, but it's part of your working overtime or it's in your thoughts and in your mind. And it's just constantly part of, 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 your day to day and you don't you don't even have time to to figure out what you want and who you are because you're just about your work. I'm curious as an introverted leader, what are some of the things that show up for you in that space? For the folks on my team who are like introverts like me, like serious introverts where they don't need to talk to anybody for the rest of life and they'd be fine. For those folks, it's it makes it easier in that I can understand if they're not immediately responsive to something or if I see them getting stuck on a problem or a deliverable, I understand why. I can make an educated guess that maybe they're overanalyzing or if they're not talking up in a meeting, it's because they've not had time to prepare. So I can understand what others might perceive as them being disengaged or um, not being interested or or something else but then I've got folks on my team who are like ambiverts so not quite extroverted but not quite introverted and for them I I just have to flex my style of 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 management and um of interacting with folks and then there's just there's the work side of me that will always be cracking jokes and it's charming because it's You catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. And so there's a certain persona that useful to put forward when you are 
dealing with internal or external stakeholders in order to get the job done because the relationship piece is the most important piece in terms of regardless of what you're doing. So I think I have to flex my style. The challenge there is workload and how a lot of organizations structure work is that if I don't actively take time to take a step back and to think so I can process information, um, it's, it becomes overwhelming and I find I'm not as productive as I need to be or I'm not getting the things done that are most important to me. So some of it is, some of it is about environment, some of it is about intentionality. When I worked at Mars, we had lots of meeting rooms available so I could just walk away from my desk and my phone and just grab my laptop and not answer emails for two hours and just sit in a room with a whiteboard and put some music on and just think and, and write and, and figure stuff out. In the environment I'm in now, when we were in our physical space pre-pandemic, I didn't really have that luxury. We had meeting rooms that you can't really, because they're, they're a high commodity, you, it's a hot commodity, you can't really book a space until you're just going in there by yourself. Um, and then there's no real other space where you can just sort of hide out for two hours. Um, it's also very meeting heavy, that environment. So it's also hard to kind of disappear, which means I have to be very intentional now with the opportunity to work from home to just carve out space and time for myself where I can do some thinking. There's the introversion piece, but I also think it's made more difficult by the elements of imposter syndrome that I'm, I'm working through. Because that adds another layer to it where I might be in a meeting and I'm like, am I even qualified to be sitting at this table and having this conversation? And so it's not just the needing to process information, take time, but it's also having to parse through that lie that my mind is telling me that, oh my gosh, everybody else is qualified and, and you aren't and, and everybody else is adding value, but you're going to, this is not where you should be. So I have to work through both those things. And I think the, the imposter syndrome is priority for me so that I can be more vocal and I can recognize that there's a reason I'm at this table. I was, I've been invited to have a seat at the table and to contribute and to add value because I can. And then to just own that I, I need space and I need time to be able to think and to be able to process information. And an earlier conversation that we had, I think a week, two weeks ago, to sometimes be okay with something being half-baked and to not come into a meeting with the salute, like an end-to-end -end solution for something that they just wanted two bullet points on. <laughs> so one of the things I've, I've learned is just the value of being willing to not have things all figured out. The value of, well, the importance of valuing my own voice in the process and in a work environment that certainly makes for a more productive employee, a more confident employee, a happier employee. Um, just generally speaking, chances are that the byproducts of that is that you've got just a more, a more effective workplace. Well, I love what you shared about this idea of the need to process as well as this other voice, this 
imposter syndrome voice that's kicking in. So for an introvert that's struggling with imposter syndrome, and introverts also already process everything inward, these two voices are at it in here. <laughs> and that parsing of it is important to say, I need to separate between what I need to process, because that's something I need to do to be effective. And this lie that's here is also feeding into my process, which I don't need it to do. And I can appreciate that because that's what happens. Then usually that's when um, our voice is dimmed. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I certainly don't believe that imposter syndrome is indicative of introverts. I don't believe that. Oh, not at all. I wonder though, whether we are more prone to it because we are inward in everything. And I'm just curious. I've, I have no idea. I'm just curious now as we're talking about it, if you feel that, that we might be more prone to it because we're so internal in what we do. I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cause I know, I know extroverts who I think suffer from imposter syndrome so there are a couple different variations in my mind. So I know the extroverts who suffer from, from imposter syndrome, but I also recognize the difference as well between men and women when it comes to imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome tends to be more prevalent in women. But then I know so many women who are extroverts who, who suffer from it. So I, I, I don't know that it's really a function of introversion or extroversion. I can't even say... It's a function of gender. I can, I, I, so I, to say it's a function of gender just feels wrong, sounds wrong to me somehow. It's more that it's, it's correlated with gender. That's the, the better way to describe it. It's definitely correlated with gender. I know so many guys who will go into a conversation and they'll rattle off a bunch of nonsense with absolute confidence. And I'm like, you're joking right now, right? It's, it's, <laughs> I'm not knocking consultants, but I, the consultant voice is the first thing that comes to mind. It's because I have two people in my family who work in management consulting and they'll rattle off a number. We'll ask a question about, oh, I wonder what this statistic is. And they'll rattle off a number. I'm like, oh, how did you know that? Oh, I made it up. But it's delivered with such confidence. I'm just, I'm like, is this what you do with your clients? <laughs> I, they, they don't do that with their clients, thankfully, but I think it's how they're trained. Um, to going back to the gender piece, I think there, there is a dynamic socially where men feel more confident and hold more power, and, and, and so they feel more confident, um, even when they're not necessarily the most capable. And and on the flip side of that, there is the dynamic and the reduced or the lesser power that women hold. And I think that also translates, and I'm oversimplifying in a sense, but I think that also translates into the confidence that we feel and whether or not we think we have, we deserve a, a, a space at the table um, or a seat at the table and, and deserve for our voices to be heard. And so that I think is where that correlation piece might come in. Um, but I don't necessarily know if it's a function of, of introversion or, or extroversion, but I get what you mean where with an introvert, it's those two voices that you're tackling, that you're navigating. Um, and 
you know, going way back to the beginning of our conversation, this is where I think there's a lot of value in having a third voice, so to speak, and having doing that personal development work and having somebody else who is objective and who is outside of all those voices in your head, who can help you see something from a different perspective and can help you challenge your own thinking and ask questions and frame things differently so that you're not just battling, like going in circles in your own mind and, and, and you know, asking the same question the same way instead of actually coming up with a solution. In the time that we're in right now, this COVID uh, timeframe where it's been shut down and, and obviously your team is also working remotely, working from home, what are you finding as you think about yourself, especially as an introverted leader, where are you finding that you rise to the challenge and where are you finding that it's also, um, it's stretching you? It's stretching me in that I'm having to be more, not so much flex my style, but I'm having to be more sociable than I probably would be under normal circumstances, just because I need to check in on my team. So I recommended, for example, to our VP, to my, the VP for my business unit, that we book calls with the team, the entire team, the entire business unit, um, just to make sure everybody was okay periodically. Now, I'm 100% fine with, you know, just, I'm fine. But I recognize that when you have junior employees, they need to know that you care about them. People are experiencing COVID-19 in so many different ways that it's also just important to make sure that people are healthy and people are safe. So there is that, but one of my direct reports also books daily coffees, 9 a.m. coffees. Optional, but it's just for internal team. And for me, I looked at, she booked it for every day, and I looked at that and I was like, at nine o'clock, I'm a bear before I have my coffee. The last thing I want to do is to be all smiles with anybody at 9 a.m. I am barely functional, but this is what my team needs. <laughs> so I'm stretching myself in this way. Um, so it's more from that perspective. What's also a bit of a stretch, interestingly, even though I am an introvert, is how to navigate how the introverts on my team are handling their workload and based on their based on that introversion. I have folks on my team who it's easy for them to not just sort of cut themselves off from the rest of the team, but who it's very easy for them to just hunker down in the work and get tied up in the weeds and lost in the work and potentially burn themselves out. So it's easy for me to perceive that, but it's not necessarily easy for me to manage that. The blessing of introversion is being able to perceive that, but the challenge is that I have to figure out, okay, they're not in office physically, they're just at home. I can't see how they're managing their time and if they are burning themselves out, so how do I address this? Um, so that's been, it's been interesting and I've, I've had to find some, I guess, more creative ways to, to get them to talk through how they're managing their time or how they're managing their resources. 
it actually sounds like you know the part that you relate to well is is the piece that connects back to your own story you said four or five years ago part of your journey started with the burnout and you recognize that it probably was you probably doing the same thing you so immersed into whatever it was that you were in so connected to that and you forget that there's so many other pieces so i think you're so uniquely positioned in having journeyed that and also the fact that your journey includes that depression piece that came with it you understand it in a way so i agree with you 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 have that level of perceiving it uh, and now it's like okay how do i address this for a lot of organizations right now this idea of mental health in this current situation because it's something we none of us has really navigated before it's showing up so much more and in like full force so i definitely can see where that question comes in is how do i now start to engage and uncover these things with my team um, it's interesting i was talking to somebody and they said that one of the things that the the vp of their team had encouraged them to do is he said you know when you're meeting with your team show up as you as the person and not you as the title that meant actually sharing not just finding out how everybody else is doing but also letting them know how you're doing and that means inclusive of this is where i'm not doing well some leaders were not like some are just naturally it was coming so naturally for them to be that way and for others it was a little bit more of like how do i do that how do i separate and i feel like i have to separate my human being from my title and what's needed more during this time is that human being and i and for me the story you started with at the very beginning of our conversation really connects with me because even though i don't i may not have suffered with um depression i under like knowing that that's been your journey humanizes that component for me to say she'll get it she'll get that i'm not doing well it may not be depression but i'm not doing well right now and i find that that advice that he gave was actually very poignant and what they found is on those teams there's a different kind of engagement that's rising there's a different kind of trust and it's not like all the problems are going away it's just there's something else that's being created that's making people feel safe that i have a place to go i have someone who understands and i think that's a real valuable lesson and i think that goes for and that has nothing to do with introversion extroversion i just feel like that's a human quality that we can all uh display that's really powerful because i i find it's not easy to find that balance or to even show up just as that person versus as a manager and i'm thinking of you know even how i try to balance that it's it's not always easy because to your point i'm constantly wearing the hat of okay i'm a manager therefore if i if they come to me with a problem what's my solution for it or what's my answer for it and i think there's always a thinking in my mind of this is my responsibility to my team how do i lead with that responsibility in mind i am responsible for these people or feel a sense of responsibility toward to them and and so how do i navigate that is it showing up as gina the human or is it showing up as Gina the manager and to your point there there's a lot of overlap and interconnection between both and maybe they don't even need to be separate it's probably more powerful especially now that they're not separate but i don't think that's an easy distinction or an easy an easy balance for people to for people to find 
I guess the main thing is, you know, the challenge we always talk about in workplaces is people feel this disconnect all the time. And we spend the majority of our waking moments with our coworkers, in our work, in our business, not with our family. And so if that is the case, then for me, I'm like, wouldn't it make sense that you actually know who I am? Because the longer I have to keep being somebody else, at some point I'm going to crack and you're going to be like, who the heck is this person that's just shown up here? I agree with you. It's not an easy thing for leaders to do. I feel that it's such an opportune thing to really separate who you are and also create something that is pretty amazing, like within your team, like something that trans, like I said, transcends the business itself. It's something much greater than that. I feel that's the opportunity that we all have in front of us. As always, I love getting into the conversation that we do, Gina, and I really appreciate you sharing so openly about your own journey, what you've struggled with, and and the work that you're going through as well. Um, If anybody was looking to connect with you, what would be the best way? You can find me on LinkedIn, um, Gina Leslie, and it's the Gina Leslie from Jamaica. I'm wearing a purple top. There are like five of us on LinkedIn, so just for clarification, (laughs) Just, just so you know which one you're connecting with. Um, it will be good if you do send me a, a LinkedIn request to just provide a bit of context. If I get a random connection request with no context, I will not respond to it. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This has been lovely. We always have such good conversations. And I want to thank everyone who's been listening in as well. If there's anything else that you feel we, you would have wanted us to delve into, mention it in the comments, follow along. It's a great way to participate in the conversations. Hey, thanks for joining me for another episode of Relational Introvert. If you liked what you heard and you're curious about what's next, be sure to listen to new episodes every Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. And if you know someone else who might enjoy this podcast, please share it with them too.